0: all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, low Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, Void prohibited by law. See terms
1: and conditions, 18 plus. On this episode of Altered Geek, we'll be covering digital streaming networks, YouTube changes. Hasbro's suing DC Comics over the Bumblebee name, and some interesting information from Podcast Movement. All this and more on Altered Geek. Altered Geek is brought to you by GameFly.com. Sign up today for a premium-free 30-day trial with one game out at a time by going to GameFlyOffer.com slash AlteredGeek.
0: Do you start your day Deciding which
1: video game you're gonna play You fight with your family
0: over which is better, Marvel or DC. The geek of all you be friends, cause you know what Batman beats Superman.
1: This is the right place to be, so turn up the volume, cause
0: you're an altered geek. Altered geek, get altered, geek, geek, geek. Altered geek, from Star Wars to Star Trek.
1: Hello and welcome to Altered Geek. I'm Stephen C. Phillips and yeah, I, uh, I planned on having a Wednesday episode the last two weeks and, uh, unfortunately this week I got sick and last week I just was busy. Uh, I don't think the, the Wednesday episodes are going to work for right now. Uh, I might have to wait until later in the year. I, I suspect, uh, next month and the month after I'm going to be very busy. So, uh, Uh, I guess we'll just kind of see how it goes, because we have GCR and Wars coming up, and uh, we actually recorded the first episode, and it was released yesterday, so if you haven't uh, seen that episode yet, be sure to check that out on geekcastradio.com. This is the the first breakdown uh, of the bracket, and uh, for for those of you that have managed to traverse your way over there already, uh, the... The villains are our 90s. Yeah. And they're fighting each other in this one. Uh, So you get uh, some Captain Simeon, Space Monkeys, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, X-Men, New Adventures of (laughs) He-Man, Spider-Man Unlimited, Street Sharks, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, SWAT Cats, Mighty Ducks, Mighty Max, Hercules, Mummies Alive, Aladdin, Biker Mice from Mars, The Pirates of Dark Water, another X-Men villain, and Power Rangers. So, yeah. Uh, you'll just have to kind of guess which villains from each of those shows. Or you can go over to geekcastradio.com and check out uh, uh, the newly redesigned website. Uh, I just moved around the the main page. Everything else pretty much works around the same. But, uh, yeah, it was in in sore need of a, a revival. uh it was poorly organized. A lot of the stuff was doubled up content. Um, so new content will show up in the, the featured banner and uh, podcasts will, of course, still show up in there. There's a player on the right-hand side that people can launch to uh, an external window that you can play the most recent uh, 10 podcasts on on the uh, the website. And then, uh, yeah, there's there's a little bit of a different breakdown, but I, I think it'll be easier on the eyes and, and kind of... Helps discern what you're looking at. Uh, but there is a GCR and Wars section down there, uh, so be sure to check that out and listen to the most recent episode. Uh, it's just myself and Movie Revolt Dan. We kind of went down the list, and some of it was agreed, and some of it wasn't. Uh, hopefully, the next episode, we have a special guest to join us uh, or two. Uh, just work schedules with everyone weren't lining up with the uh, the day we were trying to record, and uh, so. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty geeked for part two because uh, a lot of uh, very uh, sinister and well-known villains are going to be in that that roundup too. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to enjoy the fact that uh, three '80s villains have new renditions in the '90s and they're back. So we'll see how they uh, they fare in this this '90s edition because there's a lot of uh, more Sinister villains to deal with than the the 80s crew. So that's why I doubled the uh, the output of villains And there's gonna be a nice little mix-up when we get towards the end and I can't wait to see how that plays out because again, you're dealing with villains so uh, Mixed a little bit of the uh, the aspect of the 80s villains and the uh, uh, video game icons content, and uh, I actually made this list in 2013 after we did the uh, 80s villains, so we'll we'll see how this goes. So yeah, in other news, (laughs) the podcast movement was last week, and uh, yeah, some interesting things transpired, Uh, one of them being that Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker merged. Um, So what does that mean? For us, because we're hosted on Blog Talk, it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, what it basically is, is a marriage of two podcasting forces to one big podcasting force. Um, the combined entity is comprised of more than 50,000 podcasts. Uh, millions of listeners globally in a proprietary suite of creation and monetization technologies that enable podcasters to manage each step of creation, distribution, commercialization process with an easy-to-use, all-in-one solution. Uh, the CEO of Spreaker, Frank Bashiri, or co-founder and CEO of Spreaker, uh, will serve as president of the combined company. Um, so yeah, they're going to take uh, Spreaker's mobile and web content management system and creation tools. Uh, where everything is in the same dashboard, and block Talk Radio's first to market monetization platform, and merge the two together, and then you get, um, probably the most unique, uh, setup. So, definitely excited for when this whole thing transpires because, um, I like a lot of what Spreaker has to offer, but I also like BlockTalk Talk Radio. Um, so it's a it's a very good uh, scenario for us in the in the the best part there. Um, so in other things, yeah, it's end of August. It's beginning of September. The years flying by. I actually went to go visit my old job this week, um, which was uh, pretty fun because uh, yeah, I. Um, I had to get a recall done in my car, so it was uh, it was entertaining to go back and and see the environment that I left and that not much had really changed. Uh, it was a lot of fun sitting there reminiscing with uh, salespeople and uh, getting to have a couple of new laughs and new jokes and uh, so yeah, that was that was a lot of fun going to do that um, while I was getting my recall done. So, uh, but yeah. So, my wife, earlier this week, dropped me a link on Facebook uh, to uh, something done by college CollegeHumor. Um, and I'm going to actually insert that clip right here for, uh, for commentary.
2: Selfie sticks help you capture perfectly composed pictures without your forearm in the shot but you always feel self-conscious using one. Well, there's a way to get the perfect picture without looking like a narcissistic loner. It's called a friend. Take pictures confidently and comfortably, knowing that you don't look like the world's saddest wizard. In fact, you'll look more socially adjusted than ever before. Many concert venues and museums have banned selfie sticks, but a friend can always get through the door. And a friend is the only selfie stick that can hold a conversation about your experiences. Why, you may even find with a friend you're more interested in enjoying. Enjoying your surroundings instead of documenting them for strangers on the internet. But that's not all. Friend is the only selfie stick with the ability to automatically adjust framing, focus, and picture quality in an instant. Other selfie sticks can only expand up to a few feet, but Friend can extend as far as you want it to. One foot? Five? Eight hundred? Friend can do it in the snap and also do things like drive you to the airport or tell you when you're taking too many pictures and friend works with other friends. Want to take a picture of your friend? Just get a second friend, or a third to take a picture of the first two. There's literally no limit to the number of friends you can have. Get nine friends and play a game of football. You won't even have to take pictures because all your friends are there, experiencing it with you. Friends are available absolutely everywhere. You can even make your own using nothing but a common stranger and a little effort. But that's not all. Other selfie sticks can cost up to $20. But friend is 100% free. Friend only free in concept. Friendly incur costs related to beer and birthdays. Do not refer to friend as selfie stick or friend will get upset. Order today.
1: So yeah, I, I really enjoy that, that clip that my wife sent me of the, uh, the new and improved selfie stick of AKA getting a friend uh, because I have hated that word, uh, selfie, uh, almost venomously since it came out. Uh, and then everybody doing that stupid duck face and doing all these weird, uh, poses with this, this pole that holds the phone for them. Uh, and, and whenever I've had to take a self photo, uh, per se with, with my wife or just myself, I have long enough arms. I can stick it out in front of me and press the button manually. And then I use the front-facing camera anyway, which is also on this. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I completely agree with the video, but it, it almost reminds me of the uh, um, the other video where they're talking about the uh, oligopoly of the cable companies, which I, I won't play on this one. But it's it, it's pretty funny too. You'll have to search it out. It's uh, the um, oligopoly uh, cable company video I, I forget yeah it's the uh, it's called the first honest cable company uh, totally love that video um, it does swear a bit so that's definitely not safe for work um, but uh, it, it's it's done by uh, I think college humor as well but it could be wrong, uh, ex- extremely decent has it on, uh, on, uh, YouTube, so, yeah, I, uh, I think it's a lot of fun to watch, I spent, I used to spend a lot of time watching YouTube, uh, before I, I had a real job, and occasionally I still get to watch it later at night when I'm, uh, on off hours, and, uh, Getting to to relax in the evenings and at night and whatnot. Um, But I don't really watch a lot of it anymore. I sit and watch a lot of my my streaming and a lot of my Netflix. Or uh, um, just I I game a lot. So, yeah, it's uh, kind of not something I do anymore. Which I feel like it's made me more intelligent for not having sitting watching a multitude of YouTube videos. Like I used to, I don't know, I almost felt more unintelligent sitting there watching the various garbage that's pumped out on YouTube, uh, which is kind of unfortunate, but something I do enjoy is geeky stuff, so i I know I know people love getting geeky gear that's something I like to do when I have the money um. So anyways, uh, if you love getting geeky gear, for the listeners of Altered Geek, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. You can enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Uh, What do you get for your crate? Uh, Less than $20 a month. You get 6-8 to items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, uh, unique one-of-a-kind items. And then, of course, you have until the 19th at 9pm Pacific to subscribe and receive this month's crate, and, you know, if you snooze, you lose, because the cutoff happens, and uh, game over. So, by supporting Loot Crate, you support myself and this podcast, not to mention you get awesome stuff as a reward. So sign up today at trylootcrate.com slash alteredgeek and enter promo code BRIDGE10 to save 10% on any new subscription. That's tryloopcrate.com/slash/alteredgeek.
0: You're listening to the Geekcast Radio Network of podcast,
1: and we're back with Altered Geek. So, this week in Geek History, I have a little bit of it this week. I'm going to go a little bit shorter from now on. I felt like I went overkill on the uh, the last episode. Uh, so, uh, the week of August 25th, 1991. Lennox was
0: born. Linus Torvalds. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
1: With the subject line, what would you like to see most in Minix? This is the first announcement that he's working on an OS that will one day become Linux. Uh, The birth of open source, as it were. So in August 26th of 1938, the very first tape recorder was used. The radio station WQXR in New York City broadcasts a program using a tape recorder for the first time. The tape recorder used was the Phillips Miller Recording System, also known as Miller Tape, invented by James Arthur Miller. Man, it's crazy that that was invented way back then. I should have remembered that from my my media history class, uh, but it somehow I think it escaped me. I don't know if it was one of the days I got there a little bit late, um, but... Yeah, that's kind of interesting to know, Um, considering I took advantage of a uh, a tape deck when I was a kid and used to record myself pretending I was on the radio, and what am I doing 20 some odd years later at the age of 31? I'm sitting here in my office recording onto a computer through an actual microphone into an MP3 file that will be on the internet broadcast on podcasting internet radio. So it kind of comes full circle. Uh, in August 27, 2003, the world's largest battery backup. Yes, the city of Fairbanks, Alaska, connected to what was at the time the world's largest battery backup, designed to help prevent serious blackouts that plague the city every two to three years. Uh, the batteries could provide power to the city for a few minutes, uh, even though enough time to start up the city's backup diesel generators. The battery contained 13,760 cells, covering more than 10,000 square feet. as one massive battery. Uh, it was reported that in the first two years' operation, the battery system prevented at least 81 power failures. That's actually really awesome. Uh, I hope that it was cost-effective, but more than likely, it probably wasn't. Technology at that time was not as cheap as it is now uh, to do something like that. Uh, and then in gaming history, we had Batman Arkham Asylum, the uh, debut for the PS3 and the Xbox 360, as it was released in North America in 2009. Uh, Hard to believe it came out that long ago. I remember playing that. um, And uh, did pretty well at it. I really enjoyed it. And that's what prompted me to buy buy an Xbox 360 with Arkham City. Uh, And then I played Arkham Origins. And then when they came out with uh, Arkham Knight, uh, that was the only one in the franchise that didn't play because you had to buy the new console, the Xbox One. And I was like, nope, done. Uh, The PC version waited like two years to come out. And... It was plagued with issues. I just decided to skip it and watch the uh, the YouTube playthroughs. Um, And then in 1997, GoldenEye 007 for the N64 was released in North America. So I remember playing that as well. That was a pretty big game on the N64 for uh, uh, multiplayer. A lot of the N64 was pretty good about multiplayer. GoldenEye and uh, um, Super Smash Brothers. uh, Yeah, the original Super Smash Brothers. Uh, man, it's been a long time. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, man, that's crazy. I think I'm gonna jump into some film news. Remember a few weeks ago when I was talking about Super Troopers 2? Yeah, they finally dropped the trailer. <laughs> um, I, I was pretty stoked to see this, um, although the trailer is very not safe for work. Um, and, uh, there's some swearing in it, there's, uh them trying to shave rabbits, nutsack, um, <laughs> uh, kind of paralleling Mac being shot with the bulletproof cup in you know where. Um, so it's supposed to take place, you know, they're, they're continuing the formula. It's 16 years later since the, the previous film, but it looks like it's going to be fun and very familiar. Uh, all the characters appeared, uh, remain consistent with the people that were at the beginning. Um, Still have Ramothorn, still have Mac, still have Rabbit, still have Farva. Um, still have uh, the Captain. And then uh, they even have uh, Jim again getting pulled over again. And uh, the one that they did, the meow. Uh, meow, what is so dang funny? Uh, yeah, so uh, there'll be plenty of callbacks. And uh, he says, hey, didn't you guys pull me over so many years ago? And why are you meownties now? Uh, yeah, you'll have to watch the trailer. It's, it's pretty entertaining. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, they're going to, and Rob Lowe's in it, uh, among other people. So I was beginning to wonder when that's going to come out, but it's going to come out on 420, 2018 (laughs) pot day. Um, but yeah, uh, I probably won't watch it the debut when it comes out, but I, I will end up, um, wanting to see that just because I liked the first film so much. Um, and then, and then, Blade Runner twenty four nine is coming out with a series of three short films that reveal what happens in twenty thirty six as Jared Leto's character reveals a new replicant, um, or a new model of them per se that he can control with thought and uh, voice, and they they can feel, and uh, they're very much like people. Uh, so it'll be nice to have that little little gap bridged. I still have to watch the first film to kind of get the gist of what's going on. Um, But, like I said, I'm going to watch that before 2049 comes out. Uh, And then, of course, Taron Killiam from uh, SNL is uh, coming out with a movie called uh, Killing Gunther. It's a group of hitmen are out to assassinate Arnold Schwarzenegger in this uh, trailer. Um, And it looks like Arnold's having a lot of fun with it. It looks very much like uh, one of his 80s comedies that he would do, uh, action comedies. So it's very true to form. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing a uh, not so serious Arnold uh kicking some butt. So, I've always been a fan of Arnold when uh he shows up in in various content. Um and then of course another sequel or not sequel but reboot and they're having Bruce Willis playing uh in Death Wish, which I th- believe used to have Charles Bronson in it in the uh the 80s. So, the it's kind of a Interesting twist and take to it. Almost got a little bit of the uh, M Night Shyamalan uh, Bruce Willis um, mixed in there, so kind of a little bit of interesting, interesting history there. Um, and we had the change of Kermit the Frog. They they debuted Kermit's new voice, uh, which I should probably play that here just so you can kind of get a. Uh, a a little bit of a idea of what this sounds like. I can't really believe per se that they're, that they're, they're changing it this much. It's a guy that's been doing a lot of other Muppet characters and they, they have him doing the voice, but it sounds like he's stretched too thin. And well, anyways, I'll let you hear the clip right here and then I'll respond afterward.
0: Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. My mistake. It's this way.
1: So yeah, it, it sounds a little off. Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, kind of waiting to see what they do. But they kind of quietly revealed him in this little piece of uh, social media, and they had Matt Vogel doing the new voice um, publicly for the first time, and uh, it, it's the first time we've gotten to hear Kermit since the uh, the firing of Steve Whitmire. So it you know if if you know Vogel and, and you can hear the difference. Uh, it's not spot on. It's not what we've been used to um, for the last 30 years. It's still Kermit-y until he starts to end his sentences. It sounds a little weird. Uh, our, our friend of the show, TV's Mr. Neal, did his own rendition of it. I was going to do it, but unfortunately, because uh, we were going to have a battle of the Kermits, uh, because usually when we get in a podcast and somehow Muppets comes up, we both do our Kermit impression, he's got more of the classic Jim Henson uh, style. I've got more of the Steve Whitmire and so he redubbed it. I was going to do the same thing, but unfortunately, I came down with a cold, so I couldn't even hit the lower tones if I wanted to. My voice is so much deeper this week, which is weird. Um, I can't even talk quieter if I wanted to. It's it's very guttural on my tone. Uh, so like I can do the
0: the stars it from us.
1: I can do my golem, or I can do oh yes Megatron. Ah, yes. Uh, so yeah, I can do my Megatron voice there too, so it's... Uh, it, the the deeper voices are very... Ah, very guttural. Uh, in tone, so... Uh, it's... Almost impossible for me to get down to the Kermit level right now, uh, despite my wanting to. Um, but yeah, uh, there's... There's a lot of stuff going on in the tech world. NASA's planning a, uh, a probe concept that looks kind of like something from a Tim Burton creation. Um, like a little spidery leg type thing with a fan on it and and it gets dropped off by like a spy plane. And they're planning on taking it to Venus. Yeah, we, we haven't heard much going on with that, but it's, it's going to be called the Automation Rover for Extreme Environments, the Ari. Uh, and it's going to—it's supposed to be able to uh, survive Venus's atmosphere with the density and the, the 864 degree Fahrenheit uh, temperatures that they estimate. So it, it almost looks kind of like a Wally type thing, without the head and the arms. It, it's very clear they got the track and the little uh, arm in the front of it. So we'll—we'll we'll see how it goes. I, I'm always a fan of watching uh, NASA try to go to other planets just for the sheer possibility of just watching it happen. Uh, whether they learn anything or get anything out of it or not, it's just it's still interesting to see. Um, although the point of going there is almost kind of unnecessary because there's no way that anything could live there with the heat. So I don't know how well that that was thought out I, I would be more in favor of like the moon or mars i am surprised they haven't honestly made it back to mars at this or not mars uh the moon at this point uh but i i, I hope that they they try in the future so another techie news uh we have skype has a new interviews feature that lets you test candidates using a real-time code editor And Skype recently introduced this feature designed to cement its place among business users who aren't interested in things like emoji reactions or stories, uh, as it now supports conducting technical interviews via its service through a new Skype interviews feature. Um, So it's from a dedicated website. Interviews can test candidates in seven programming languages over Skype using a real-time code editor. Kind of interesting. It uh, definitely could be uh, something that I could see coming into play with uh, people being remote working and, and having to know code, and you could test them in real time on this, this interface. So I think it's, I think it's kind of a neat innovation. I don't know how to code anything other than like website data, but still, it's still an interesting feature. And speaking of features, YouTube has kind of thrown off the internet this week. Uh, they've decided to freshen up their look. They, they have a new desktop design that puts uh, videos and creators in front of the center. With a cleaner, simpler layout that lets content shine. Uh, they also, the, the key prominent thing is they moved the red play button, which used to be over the word Tube. And slid it over next to you. So now it's play button, YouTube all in black. So it's a little funky to look at. At least initially because you're not used to it. Um, and uh, they kind of cleaned up the design a little bit. But I, I love the fact that they have the ability to activate a dark theme. From the uh, new account menu to cut down on glare. And it's supposed to give you truer colors on the videos when you watch them. Uh, I'm in a favor of the the dark theme anyway, but that's because I like dark websites. Uh, I think it's easier on the eyes I think it's more gritty I think it's uh, it shows the other colors more prominently and it doesn't get as it doesn't look as busy as a white background website where you have all these colors jumping out at you all over the place. This kind of keeps it uh, locked into those spaces so you can focus on what you're trying to look at. Uh, So, I I think that it's a really interesting design for their webpage. And it's supposed to be uh, built on a faster framework, uh, newer features, and uh, they're working on a plethora of other uh, items to come in the near future.
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And try and actually publish some stuff for a while
1: and see how well this whole thing uh, works. I like how they blew up the menu. Just clicking on it on the side menu, they hide it off the the, the front. Uh, and you have to click the little three lines and it pops up. has the YouTube logo. Uh And then it says home, trending, subscriptions, and then you get your library uh, of stuff and then your subscriptions. So I don't know. I I think it's really a really uh, innovative fix for YouTube. Uh, I don't know if it's going to fix their other issues, Um, but they do have like uh, another drop down on there, which which has YouTube TV, YouTube Gaming, uh, YouTube Music, YouTube Kids, Creator Academy, and YouTube for Artists. I will say that it's nice to have the Creator Academy actually up front. Uh, it was kind of hard to get to before because uh, I've taken a number of the courses on the Creator Academy uh, to try and up my, my YouTube game but I uh, just haven't had time to record or the, uh, the proper backdrop to do my uh, video version of the show and kind of have it a little bit faster paced and cover more of the news and uh, opinions in it. Uh, and then I used to do YouTube gaming back when I had the, uh, the 75 megabyte download on Comcast and, uh, it was a lot of fun to do, even though there was a small payoff for it, um, and then I kind of got bored with doing it. and then plus, once I, I got downgraded in speeds, to the 25 megabyte, it was just not really worth trying anymore, I may try and do some streaming again on some games, maybe Star Trek Online, or maybe some, uh, some Battlefield 1, I don't know, I'll, I'll, uh, play that by ear, um... Sad to say, I, I at least not yet, I haven't gotten access to the alpha of the, uh, the new 5v5 uh, battles that they have. Uh, which makes me a little bit sad, because I got in on the alpha, the beta, and then the pre-release, and then the release of the full game. So, uh, I feel a little left out here. Uh, I guess I should be fine with it. I, I got to play the game before everybody else, so it's kind of fun. YouTube is just, it's this monstrosity, but they've also got this other issue. <laughs> um, they were recently involved in some demonetization conundrums, and it's been kind of floating around because YouTube is, I wouldn't say targeting specific people per se, but... I think that it's it's kind of flagging everybody, and I, and I'll say this delicately because I don't want to offend or or irritate anybody or have a, a, a argument in the comment section. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's all politically based. I do think some of it may be politically based, but I also think that um, they are. Uh, censoring what they want and pushing uh, other agendas in front of people. And I say that meaning that you may have one person that likes one thing and then another person that likes another thing, but because so-and-so is more popular, they're going to take the top seat compared to the lower bracket. Um, and that doesn't matter who it is. It's just kind of, you know, you could watch somebody that's a singer and they may try and push katy perry on you for instance and if you don't like that and you don't want to see it then yeah so they've also been kind of uh allegedly dropping views on certain people and then fixing it and uh stuff with with subscriber counts but uh the one i was actually going to to jump into is because i've, I've seen this happen to a number of my friends on the uh the gaming community and uh fellow geeks. Um, one of my friends from uh, This Week in Geek, or formerly of This Week in Geek, uh, posted, well, consider me not advertiser-friendly. Even a 10-second video can be flagged. Uh, he said, I've checked, and it's not because the length of a video is not one of the items you can be flagged for being not advertiser-friendly. It would have been flagged as not eligible for advertising if that was the case. He said, if I'm mad if this keeps up. My video will lose any chance of proper SEO because YouTube will prioritize other content above not advertiser friendly ones which could hurt my growth sure money would be great but this has much bigger implications than just not being able to make money it could severely limit my chances of having more people discovering my videos which I do think that that's the key problem here is that their (laughs) their algorithm or lack thereof or, or blacklist of the fact that it's just uh, it's it's squeezing out the up-and-comer and trying to uh, more or less... I, I saw it posted a little bit differently um, by another one of our friends at the show. Uh, and funny enough, he says that, that he's kind of on the fence as to how he should address the uh, YouTube ad apocalypse. Uh, he says on the one hand I think a lot of what YouTube is doing is absolute BS um, he says I, I see a lot of channels being unfairly targeted or demonetized and uh, no there's no consistency to it YouTube is clearly just playing favorites which I again I think it's it's a popularity battle if you're not one of the top tier you're kind of like yeah we you're not advertiser friendly enough for us um, you're not a safe bet yet we don't we don't we don't know if we want to have you Um and then he says, on the other hand, some people are just downright whining about losing my, my, my monetization uh, like they didn't see this coming. Uh, and he says, we all knew this gravy train was going to crash and spill all over. Suddenly there's this panic as careers are put in jeopardy. Um, I don't call YouTubing or any of this stuff a career if you manage to squeeze monetization out of it. Uh on the fact that it was a new platform and everybody was trying it, uh, and you were one of the lucky ones to succeed. Uh kudos to you for riding that gravy train, but like all good things, it must come to an end and evolve. And so, uh Yeah, you can you can move on to Patreon where everybody and their, their cousin is posting you know, GoFundMe videos of uh yes, please hand me money to, to do what I, I was going to do anyway, but give me the money to do so, and I'll give you this content. I almost feel like you're cheating your listeners and your content um, in that regard. And that's just me personally. I've, I've thought about doing the Patreon. I've set my own up. I've never actively promoted it because I see the scenarios of everyone out there hurting and everybody's throwing their money at these people that they're essentially idolizing and handing money to to entertain them uh, on the internet. And yes, you have to be fast and strike while the iron's hot, but you have to be better than everyone else. And with everybody jumping on the same ships, it's it's gonna dry up too. I I, I just don't know. I, I think that it's eventually gonna be a, a giant recipe for disaster. And, We'll just have to, uh, to see how it turns out, but, uh, yeah, people are thinking about quitting college to pursue YouTube stardom and it's like, why are you going to college? Like I went to college for media. I enjoy media. I love media. I'm on it all the time. I record this. I was doing this before my college degree and I'm really doing it well after it. I work in media. It's, I've always known that I wanted to do media, even from holding that tape recorder as a kid, I've always wanted to do media, and I've always known that. There was a great period in the early 2000s that I didn't really know, um, but, yeah, I, I kind of agree with this person, though. He said, um, if you have a shot at a better career than being a YouTuber, I would strongly suggest not being a YouTuber, um because there's no chance it's going to be a full-time gig. No one's going to be big like Philip DeFranco or some of these other big YouTubers because you may not always have that option. You know, if it's a hobby and you make money at it, you get money for advertising, you get money from listeners, great. But I also agree with this listener that what YouTube is doing is kind of crap. But, you know, what good's complaining about it? All you can do is try and better yourself and try and uh, uh, try other methods. I mean, don't, don't stick to the norm. I mean, you don't have to re- reinvent the wheel, but do something of substance. Give people a reason to want to don't you know i i feel like some people do it just because it's the popular thing to do um i do it for fun i do it for you know the occasional if i have something to say if i don't I just don't do it so gonna move on from this gravy train <laughs> um as i've used that word numerous times uh i had fun calling this uh part of the shoot for the wallet i might turn that into a segment of just things that uh use the hashtag uh uh i'd be really interested to hear uh what people have to say but uh you can get to interact with the show you know use the hashtag what's geeky to you of what you're geeking out to this week and if you feel like complaining about something that's just eating at your wallet like just seriously eating at your wallet So have you ever thought that you would stop going to a store just for, for tech gadgets with, with the internet being what it is today? Uh, well, Best Buy will come to you. Starting this fall, you can actually call a Best Buy salesperson to your house where they'll try and sell you Best Buy products at no extra cost. Um... Currently, Best Buy's uh, chief executive uh, decided this new program will allow them to unlock uh, latent demand, whatever that's supposed to mean. But uh, they're finding people in the home and that tend to spend more because uh, they, they address a bigger need for them compared to what they spend in the store. Well, for one, in the store, I, I mean, I, I kind of like the idea, but at the same time, I don't really... If I want something, I kind of know what I want. Uh, Yeah, he basically just said that nobody's shopping in the stores, but part of the problem is you have, and I'm not saying this is always the case, but you always have these inexperienced people, but I think that also you run the the case that uh, I've been in there shopping before and passed them up because uh, if you don't look like somebody's going to spend money they just pass by you. They don't even say, hi, you have to like hunt one down, uh, one of the salespeople, which is annoying, because uh, we were going to buy a TV years ago and we ended up going to, uh, another retailer because, uh, it upset us to the point that we were just like, nope, not doing it. And we made sure we let the manager know before we left, but we stood there for about 45 minutes, uh, because they were busy and, then when a bunch of them got freed up we had to go hunt one down and then the guy went to go find something out and then never came back and uh that in the uh the aspect that they broke everything down into mini stores like you have the samsung booth you have the apple booth you have the microsoft booth you have the the sony booth uh like if I want to go into a, a store that has technology, I don't really care about the brand. I just want to—I I want all the cameras in one spot. I want all the the computers in one spot. All of the, you know, just all of the products to that that type. And they started kind of breaking them out into mini stores years ago. And it's—I I don't think that I've shopped at a Best Buy since because it was too jarring trying to find what I wanted. So. Uh, but I, I see them, uh, despite their trying to not become the uh, the dead Circuit City, uh, I, I still see them eventually going by the wayside because places like Amazon and uh, all these other services are outdoing them because uh, people can buy stuff cheaper. And usually they, they're well-researched, so there's really not a need to go into these stores. I mean, I feel bad for everybody that works in them. Uh, because it's still jobs, but honestly, like I, I don't, I, I don't see the need to actually go into a Best Buy anymore. Now, I thought that this this would be kind of interesting because uh, Elon Musk is always in the news anymore between Tesla and other tech innovations that he's coming out with. But uh, a few of these I thought were kind of interesting enough to actually devote time to and. He's developed a, a SpaceX spacesuit, which funny enough, isn't very bulky, but it looks very Star Trekian, Uh very trekky uh lookup. And uh they said that it actually works, it's not a mock-up. Uh it's it's been tested to double vacuum pressure and was uh incredibly hard to balance aesthetics with function he came out with it on on, on Instagram on August 23rd so uh, yeah it looks like he's uh he's developed this this kind of uh, very light uh, aesthetically pleasing uh, spacesuit that's not as bulked up as the previous ones we've seen uh, NASA come up with. So if if this is actually true it's it's really interesting and they're saying that the uh uh the the full body suits the advanced versions of the little masks that drop down in airplanes when they get rough so yeah it's it looks kind of interesting but he's also uh He's also developed, uh, or he's working on a, a new startup, Neuralink, which, uh, it's a brain interface, which kind of goes with that, that tech in the hand thing. Like, I don't know if I would do this. And while while I support uh, the uh, the technology, perhaps, of, of being able to figure stuff out, uh, he says he wants to... Cor- Connect your brain directly to a computer. And, uh, yeah, it's still, uh, it, it's not raising any cash or anything, but it's, which some of the sites were reporting on. But I find the technology more, uh, kind of awe inspiring, but at the same time disturbing. Because. It, On the one hand, it could lead to better better, uh, memory processing uh, in terms of you could essentially use a computer to um, implant, in a sense, something that could help you retain more of your memory. But at the same time, I don't know if it's like, it kind of gets into that kind of law of uh, questionable behavior with kind of digging into the brain with technology. So I, I'm not really sure how I feel about that. I mean, how long before they can program your job, your employment and all your school information into a computer and then just send you into the workforce. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, but at the same time, it's, it's disturbing. So, uh, he said that he, the, the brain to machine interface would allow the human mind to keep up with the fast improving, uh, artificial intelligence. Um, so, uh, because all that computing power won't be as useful if we can only connect with it via traditional screens and input types, or we could just do like Star Trek and have the artificial intelligence in the sense that we still control it, but we can speak to it and get it to do what we want or touch the commands. Uh, I, I kind of like the Star Trek method of it better, but we'll see. Uh, They're saying that Neuralink could help potentially overcome chronic conditions like epilepsy, which, that would be awesome. Um, They're saying that they could do, like, this is scary because I see the Borg in this, but they're saying that it could allow people to communicate brain to brain instead of having to compress ideas into words. Uh, Yeah, I, I I, I don't want a shared consciousness, thank you. No Borg for me. Uh... I mean I, I, I like the the innovation that goes into a lot of this technology that Musk is is involved with, but at the same time I don't know if a lot of it's necessary. Like the space stuff I think's awesome. They they've been looking for a new method of, of space travel and and stuff related to that for years, so that's that's awesome. This can get kind of troublesome and edgy, so I'm not really sure where it's gonna go. Then the last bit of tech stuff I I have that I thought was kind of cool, is SanDisk has a 400 gigabyte micro SD card. Uh, I don't really want to know the price on this. Uh, Oh, it's $250. Not as surprisingly bad as I thought it would be. Um, But uh, yeah, it's saying that you can connect it into your phone, and uh, I think that that alone... Uh, would be good for uh, for for recording film because a lot of them use like micro like SD cards or SD cards so I don't know I, I kind of like that it, it comes with a 10 year limited manufacturer's warranty and will be available soon from SanDisk I think it's partially because it's a collaboration because Western Digital bought out SanDisk earlier in the year and so you have that nice melding of, of technology there So, I don't know, I I would be down for that, because then I could store literally everything. Can you imagine the podcasts, the movies, the video, the TV shows, uh, the home videos you could save on your phone with a 400 gigabyte hard drive? That's just insane to think about, because you could literally have everything you need right there, and get, like, Bluetooth keyboard, mouse, and, yeah, like, a projection screen with your... And, and do everything with your phone. You wouldn't even need a laptop. That's that's just awesome right there. I, I, I can't even imagine having that much storage on my phone. I mean, I, I have a 32 gig in my phone right now, and it's not nearly enough. So... Yeah, that's that's some pretty awesome stuff coming down the pipe. So, gonna take a quick break and uh, come back with the listener feedback from last week. And we're back. So. King of Kongs commented and says, With Disney leaving Netflix and CBS and other networks pushing their own streaming services, do you think Netflix is on its way out? It's already in such debt and their library is shrinking and even passing by the day. And then TFG1Mike says, I understand you want Steve's opinion here, but I think that Netflix is not on its way out. They have a full library of original content and they add stuff all the time. My thing is I think that, yeah, they have a lot of stuff there. And they're constantly losing stuff to other other stations like Disney, CBS, and whatnot. Uh, and some of the stations like CW, I still see s- sticking around for a while, um, at least until WB does their own their app, and then I see that leaving too. Um, but I think Netflix is in trouble because they've monopolized this for so long, and and because that they're doing their own content, that's why they're all leaving. Uh, so they kind of shot themselves in the foot there, but they also taught all these companies that, Hey, look, we can produce content of our own and we can have our own apps and our own services that is exclusively ours. Plus it saves them on, on because nobody's really buying DVDs anymore. Never. Nobody's really buying movies. Everybody wants to stream it. Everybody wants it at their fingertips. Um, it's convenient for me to watch stuff on my phone. I mean, Sometimes I, I lay in bed and I'm trying to go to sleep and so I'll plug in headphones and I'll watch Netflix or or Star Trek or something. So I think Netflix might be in trouble in the sense that a lot of their content isn't quality content. It's a lot of it's filler and garbage. And because they're trying to push the envelope on a lot of uh, almost mature rated stuff, um, it's it's nothing I'm going to let my kids watch. And, and the majority of their content... I know they have some kids' content on there too, but a lot of it's inundated with today's junk uh, as opposed to the stuff we had in the 90s. Which, yeah, I'm not saying the 90s stuff wasn't bad either because going back to it as an adult, there's a lot wrong with it. But um, it's also the fact that I just... I, I don't. I don't like the direction that a lot of stuff's gone. So I'm kind of shying away from it. And uh, to be honest, I, I I'm not really letting my kids watch too much of the modern cartoons or or kids television just because a lot of it's like I said, just filler garbage. Um, there's not really much substance to any of it anymore. So yeah, I mean, I'm not. I I think Netflix is going to be hurting, and I think that. You can't. You can only rely on so many Adam Sandler films and uh, junk shows. I don't even hear any of the pop culture buzz about half their shows that they have anymore. I mean, it's. uh, I mean, I hear Marvel stuff, and when Disney does their thing, I think eventually you're going to see shows like Defenders and Daredevil and all those go over to the Disney service. I mean, they may keep them at Netflix uh at least initially, but uh at the end of the day, it's still Disney's call because it's their content so we'll see we'll see it's it's another of that hashtag shoot for the wallet uh that's that's my uh new go to so and uh, the last bit of, of stuff I want to cover is is Hasbro is suing DC Comics over the Bumblebee name. I couldn't help but do a meme of this the other day, uh, having a real-life Bumblebee, the DC Bumblebee, and Bumblebee from Transformers uh, all in it. Uh, I said, what's Hasbro going to do next? Sue Nature? Uh, because we know Nature had the Bumblebee first, uh, and besides that... If you're pitting the two companies against each other, Hasbro and DC, DC had it first. DC had a female character called Bumblebee in the Titans in the 70s. It was created before 1983. It was 1978 that they came up with it, or 1977, one of the two, and... Bumblebee for the Transformers wasn't created until Bob Budiansky in 1983 coined that character for the the toys in the comic line. Yeah, 1977 for the Teen Titans uh, Bumblebee name, so DC first used it. So regardless, it shouldn't. Yeah, it it, it shouldn't matter and. At the time, when Budiansky did it, he was a part of Marvel's licensing deal to develop and publish the original 1980s Transformers. Uh, but Hasbro was trademarked has trademarked uh, Bumblebee, the name, in December of 2015, which... Even if you want to talk that, which I think there's total crap that they can do that, but uh, they... Uh, DC came up with their DC superhero girls thing in 2013. <laughs> so, yeah, I this this whole thing is just humorous and, and stupid. But they're they're claiming that uh, the Bumblebee name, the Hasbro's blocking. Or seeks to block the sale of Bumblebee toys from DC's Superhero Girls line, which it contends will interfere with the sales of its Bumblebee Transformers line. Uh, because Bumblebee is gonna have his first spin-off film in 2018, which is gonna bomb just like the last few films of Transformers. Um it, it, that's so stupid. One's a robot, and one's a uh African American female girl superhero. Like, how are you going to get the two mixed up? Yeah, if your kid says, I want a bumblebee toy, well, obviously, you're going to know what they're into, so you're not going to be that stupid to where you're not going to be able to put this uh, this name with the correct toy. It, it, I don't know. It, it, it just seems like a grab for money, like Hasbro it just wants to bombastically attack for no reason. So, I'm going to call it a day. Um... Everyone have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend, and uh, we'll catch you next week. I will have an episode on Wednesday and on Friday next week. Uh, I have some things planned for both. And uh, until next time, get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks.